goblins and ghouls, and welcome to another episode of My Haunted Life Podcast with me, your host, Angela Hertzorn. How is everyone doing today? Have you had some water? Perhaps taken some allergy pills? Have you taken some time for yourself today to just relax? Maybe this is how you choose to relax. And in that case, thank you for sharing that time with me. I hope you are enjoying yourself so far. I feel like today's podcast is most enjoyable. Not only do we have some creepy experiences, but we also have probably one of the sweetest, if not the sweetest, because we don't have a whole lot, stories in my Haunted Life podcast history. I'm very excited. One of the cool things that I have encountered since starting the podcast is becoming friends with people I have sort of kind of known for a while. But now that they know I'm into paranormal stuff, they want to talk paranormal. Uh, Bonding through the paranormal, as it were. Uh, Today's guest, Alex Valdez, Mr. Valdez, if you're nasty, is one of those new friendships. Alex is a newly independent burlesque performer and producer, and he's pretty freaking amazing on stage. We knew the same people, we were in the same burlesque troupe, we're at the same shows, but never hung out, ever. I don't know why, we just didn't. Uh, I honestly didn't think I was even on his radar. Uh, Then when I started the podcast, he was all about it and really excited to share his experiences and he was very excited he's is very excited to come on future ghost hunts so you'll probably be seeing mr valdez around quite a bit i think uh and he's the interview for today so let's get into it shall we grab yourself a cup of tea make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by I have a story to tell you. Okay, today I am on with Mr. Alex Valdez, who is a absolutely wonderful boylesque performer and newly independent performer and producer would like to add you have so many (laughs) shows coming up you have shows you have uh the stripped show and the naughty nooner drag brunch show at club q you do stuff at the world famous clock tower cabaret which is awesome um Hello, sir. First of all, Hi. you. <laughs> Hi. It sounds really intense when you list all those things. <laughs> That's my uh, job. But yeah, it's, I've been very, very lucky this last year. So. Uh, I I want to ask about um, the show you did at the Clock Tower Cabaret because yeah. I feel like it's a very important, really cool show. Yeah. If uh, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I had gotten an email message from Celine. She. Uh, is actually married to Jefferson, who's the general manager slash owner 
of the of the clock tower cabaret uh, and she randomly messaged me in the middle of the day and was like hey i have something really important i want to talk to you about is that can you jump on a call really quick and was like yeah totally um, so we jumped on and she said that she had this idea of doing a show that really highlighted um highlighted highlight highlighted i'm guessing highlighted is the word there. highlights there yeah sure why not um but you know, really shine the spotlight on um, the Latin influence and the Latin contributions to theater, musical theater, stage shows. I um, mean, she wanted to build an entire burlesque show around that. Um, and of course, I was all like, absolutely, I'm down. Um, she and I have known each other for um, quite a long time now, probably for a little over 10 years, about 10, 11 years now, we've known each other. And uh, we've never really gotten the chance to work together um, in that aspect. It's always just been, you know, seeing her at shows that I've done at the Clock Tower. Uh, and so given the opportunity, you know, to one, produce at, like you said, like the, the world famous Clock Tower, right? That's like, yeah. that's like if you're a burlesque performer, you know, that's goals is the Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just to perform there, but even to like produce there and just, it's like the epitome of like an underground cabaret because you literally have to go down into the basement and, go and, and and go there um and it turned into because of with covid restrictions um it was a lot of a, it was a much bigger undertaking than i thought it was going to be mm. uh because i produced shows for quite some time so i was yeah. just kind of like all right this is going to be okay we can do this um and it wound up being a friday saturday and sunday show um an early show and a late show oh, um, so we signed up for six shows uh back to back Oh, wow. Yeah, so she really wanted to make this a community effort. Uh, So she took the side of casting all of the performers from Denver, um, and I casted all of the folks from Colorado Springs. And so we were able to marry the two communities uh, under this one show. Uh, And a lot of those shows sold out, which I was surprised because during a pandemic, who would think that, you know, going to burlesque shows on a Saturday afternoon would be something that people wanted to do, but they did. Wow. Um, yeah, the only one I think that we we didn't sell out was the Sunday show, and that's because that was Easter. Oh. Um, yeah, so people were at home with their families. Uh, but it was a big enough hit that we are now going to be doing round two at the beginning of September. Oh. Um, yeah, we're, we're turning the Caliente Cabaret, which is the name of it. Um, we're turning that into like a standing show, I guess, now at the Clock Tower, uh, where this first one we did, Broadway stage shows. Um, this next one we're going to be doing is going to be pop stars. So we'll be highlighting all of the, the Latinx pop stars um, throughout the years. Oh, wonderful. So I'm super excited for that. That That's so cool. I'm going to have to catch that one. I was really sad when I missed the first one because I mean you have some great people at these shows I mean I have to mention our friend Nikita Bonita because I just adore her and Copper Flame who's also another dear friend in the burlesque community Um, I even got Jay Sophia to come out of hiding to come and do that show so oh wow she's worse than I am at hiding from these things yeah um, and they're all on board for the next one too um, which is going to be fantastic. And they're just, they're just breathtaking individuals like that, even just like on stage, but as humans in general, they're just wonderful people to work with. And, um, like you said, great friends as well. 
wonderful humans. I adore them. Um, I have to ask, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> You've been doing like burlesque. Uh, and, I should ask, what's the difference between boylesque and burlesque? If there's, not a, there's not really a difference. Um, I guess to answer your first question, and oddly enough that I'm on this podcast doing it, um, this year is lucky number 13. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so um, back in 2007, 2000, no, 2008, I can math. I can do math. Uh, 2008 um, was when we started doing burlesque um, in Colorado Springs. Uh, so, yeah, we've been doing that. Um, there's really not a difference between the two. Um, it's honestly just different terms for the same thing. Okay. Um, burlesque is burlesque, however you want to slice it. It's people up on stage, you know, satire, taking off their clothes, you know, performing for an audience. Um, some folks prefer the term boylesque. I, I'm indifferent. Um, okay. I mean, just get my name right when you call me on stage. That's fine, which is not hard because it's like my actual name. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's honestly there's not really a difference if you okay. ask me. Some other folks in the community have completely different ideas of what that is, but yes, that's why I, that, that's kind of what I wanted your opinion on because I'm like, is there really? But again, there's always somebody that has an issue. We're all just glittery naked folk. It's fine. Okay, perfect. Um, What got you started in burlesque? Like, why? Just why? I was tricked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, not really. So uh, Lola Spitfire, who brought burlesque into Colorado Springs, um, when she started doing burlesque shows, um, she was dating my then ex, or my now ex, then, like, she was not dating him. No, that sounded really weird. Um, my ex was her best friend, was slash is her best friend. Okay. Um, and so when she came out and she wanted to start doing it, uh, for one of the very first shows, uh, she needed an MC, so she asked him to MC the shows. Um, and she had me be the stage kitten. So I, well, at that time, it was called the banana. Um, and it was because I was dressed as a banana running around on stage picking up all these clothes. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and then um, I've always been a dancer. Like, I choreographed my high school's cheerleading squad, um, you know, back in the day. And, um, you know, I was that nerdy kid watching TRL, learning every single dance move in my living room and, like, making up my own dance routines that would never see the light of day except, you know, and I was, like, the number one performer in my living room. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I approached Lola one day, uh and was like, hey, so I've been working on a dance routine. Um, I, If you want to look at it, and maybe if you all want to learn it and do it at one of your shows, totally cool. Um, if not, you know, I'll totally just whatever. It's fine. I'll fuck off. I, I can, that's fine. Um, and so uh, can I cuss on this thing? I totally. Oh, no, you can totally fucking cuss. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and she, I showed it to her and she was like, um, yeah, I love this actually. And so I taught it to the group. Um, and I have been in the troupe since day one, you know, in some capacity. I was a prop for a little while. Um, yeah, like they needed a boy to like beat up on stage, and I was there because um, I was going to be there anyway. I mean, my then boyfriend was emceeing the show, so yeah, I was going to be there. I might as well be useful. Um, and then after I had choreographed a couple of group numbers, you know, she was just all like, "Well, when are you going to do a solo?" And I was all like, huh, "What?" Uh, and she's like, yeah, you should totally do it. There's such a thing as called boylesque. And I was like, okay, um, sure. Um, 
And then I went home and uh, was like, hey, Lola wants me to you know, do a solo. And that was not well received in the relationship that I was in. Um, but of course, I was all like, this is not a, uh, a me asking you permission thing. This is me telling you what I'm going to do. Um, but as you do in relationships, there's compromise uh, that was made. And it was the performance would lean more dance heavy than it would lean strip heavy. Uh, and so like, I would like open my shirt a little bit and then like, like, like the hardcore tees, like they really saw nothing. Um, <laughs> and then when we broke up, I went balls to the wall and yeah, I just haven't looked back since. No, uh, I have to ask, so some of those living room routines, have any of those made their way into your future acts? Um, I still make them to be honest. Um, now they will see the light of day i will say that they will see the light of day um a lot of them so even in the middle of doing burlesque probably i want to say 2011 2012 um i got well no this would be 2010 um, i got contacted on myspace of all places um from a local drag queen linda desad she um had somehow had seen choreography that I had done and she asked if I would choreograph a number for her. So like, I felt like I was like hot shit. Like that was like my first yeah. like, choreographer booking. Yeah. Um, and we ended up working together for probably a good seven, eight years. Um, oh. We created a dance troupe at Club Q, the LV dance crew um, for Linda and Valdez. Um, we created a dance troupe there. So a lot of my living room dance routines saw the light of day. They were performed at Club Q um, with Linda at the front and five or six of us um, as background dancers. And that's actually the first time that Mustang Monroe and Damien Wonderlove and I danced together as a group. We weren't the Brotherhood of Burlesque then. Um, but that's a really big piece of the, the chemistry that the three of us had together on stage because we had danced together for so long before that we were just able to like, we can, we knew each other's next moves and what we were going to do. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. But, um, now with COVID restrictions, I've had some time to, to get some stuff together and with the show stripped now at club Q and yes. as restrictions are starting to ease up a little bit and we can start to have more than one person on the stage at a time. Um, they will, they will see the light of day for sure. Oh, can you describe a strict show to people? Cause I feel like, it not just the name but it there's a very special thing about stripped i feel like um, honest, but. well and I'll, I'll even i'll tell you the origin behind the name about because obviously it's like you're coming to a, a strip show obviously yeah um and this goes to show you like this is how gay i am like it's, <laughs> but it, it's meaningful to me um was that um when i came out of the closet in 2001 slash 2002 Okay. Um, I went through every like emotional thing that um, a young queer person goes through. Like I was having my identity crisis. I was, um, I was very. What's the word I want to use? Um, I was very generous <laughs> um, with my body mm, for people. Yeah. I was hoeing around. Let's just yeah, call it. Like yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just I had. I was a sophomore in college. Like I had just left home. I was 18 years old. I in a big world all by myself and, um, uh, was just really just going through it. Um, and 
the one of the person that I was seeing around that time um, had given me a copy of Christina Aguilera's album Strict. Um, and I listened to that album top down and I could relate to every single song that was on that album um, during that time in my life. Like literally every song on that album like hit home for me in a specific way. Um, and so when I was coming up with the concept for this show back in September, uh, I was kind of like, man, like, I was trying to come up with like all sorts of different names for it and what I can do. And that album had always been my, like my go-to fallback album mm-hmm. um, when like I'm feeling some kind of way. Um, and so during the pandemic over the summer, like I would do walks around the block and with my headphones in and that's the album that popped up. Um, and in the intro to that album, um, you know, it says things in there like, um, you know, so this is me, no hype, no gloss, no pretense, right? Just me stripped. Um, and then I started listening to that album and all the different themes of that album. And I was like, you know what? This is exactly what I want this show to be. Um, I want there to be the empowerment aspect of like the song can't hold us down, right? I wanted there to be that empowerment, that badassery that was in there. Um, I wanted it to be vulnerable, like that show or like the song beautiful, right? Where it talks about, I am beautiful no matter what and how, you know, this show would be for everybody, you know, no matter who you are, what you look like, where you come from, that's what this show was going to be for. Um, of course, the song Dirty. We were, <laughs> I wanted to get raunchy in this damn show. Um, and those are things that I wanted to do. And that was my baseline for creating the show was that I wanted it to be a safe space for everyone to come and just be an artist. Um, at the beginning of all of my shows, and you know, you were there, um, this last one, that in the beginning before the show in our powwow, I talk about, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm not looking for polished. I'm looking for you to have a good time. And I'm not here to police your art. Uh, I'm, I'm not here to tell you what burlesque should be and what it shouldn't be and how you want to represent that. I, I'm giving people an opportunity on a stage to represent who they are to everyone. Um, and we're okay with that. Like, that's what it is. And um, it's in the longest standing queer space that we've had in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a completely different feel and it's a very different community. It's such a laid back show. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very high energy. Um, I will say that that's probably been a consistent compliment that I've gotten from a lot of folks who've come to the show that the energy in the room is a different type of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, and I, I hope you felt that when you came along oh. when you were there. Um, totally. I'm like, I, everybody was just so happy. I don't know if it was because everybody was so excited to be out of the house, but it literally everybody was so loving. And then like the performers literally, yeah. Like I was watching, uh, I don't want to say your name cause I feel bad, but a very wonderful performer, hurry up and safety pin her outfit in the powwow circle because she couldn't decide where to put her fringe. So she just hurry up and did it before she went on stage. Mm-hmm. And then she killed it. And it was just every, the, the not needing to be perfect was a lot of stress relief. <laughs> well, um, like I said, I mean, like we're not saving the world here. No, no, no. Right. Was, everybody was just so passionate to just, be there and sh- I don't want to say show off, but you know, just do it if that makes sense. Yeah, and I can say that's one of my other main reasons for for doing this show is that being around for 13 years, um, I've done the festival circuit, 
Um, you know, I've been to different festivals. I've won a few trophies along the way. Uh, I've been in those backstages where it's super stressful and uh, I just wanted to have fun again. Um, like when it just, it didn't take itself so seriously. And I wanted to recreate uh, like the magic that we had at the Zodiac, um, the magic that we had at the underground, at the Bijou bar, okay. uh, you know, and I think, and like you said, I, like I, to be honest, I didn't know if this show was going to succeed uh, because like the first one sold out and the second one sold out. And I was all like, you know what? I was like, it's probably because people aren't going out. Like it's something new and it's something different. It's giving people a reason to go out. Um, and here we are, um, we are going into our seventh month um, and it still keeps selling out. So I guess we're doing something right over there. No, I, I'm going to be at the main one in the audience and I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. And I've got so many good people coming for this show and like all the way from Albuquerque. I've got someone yeah. coming. Um, That's my buddy. That's yes, my I, I love Adam so much. Um, Adam's, Adam's been one of my, my favorite people that I have met um, along my travels. And they're just the nicest yes. individual. And uh, I'm so excited to have them. No, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's why we're going is for them. And I'm, I'm so excited. I need to check with them. So there was a possibility of staying at my house. And now I don't remember. I need to check. Um, I believe they told me that they got an Airbnb. Oh, okay. Yeah. I should probably still be a good friend and check in because I have <laughs> a bad friend. Yeah. Uh, also at uh, Q, you have the Naughty Nooner, which is just hilarious. And <laughs> I haven't had a chance to go to that one yet. Yeah, so that was interesting because we were on a producer call with Q and we were talking about um, with things starting to ease up and getting back to a little bit of normal, uh, what this was going to look like going forward. And uh, normally they do like drag queen brunch or like a drag brunch every day and um, or every Sunday. And then they have drag queen story time, which is fantastic. I can't remember the name of the organization that does it. It's, I'm such an asshole. I don't even know. But um, they they it's like in all ages you can bring your kids and you sit on the ground and drag queens read them stories. Um, yeah, it's super cool. Um, and so we were talking about it and Nick, who's the, the owner manager at Q, uh, was like, Hey Valdez, do you want to do a naughty brunch? Like on the fourth Sunday. And I was like, um, well, and he was like, well, strip has been such a success. You know, we would definitely love to have more. Um, Nobody else in the city is doing a burlesque brunch right now. Um, this is the time to strike. And I was all like, um, yeah. And then Gemini Sky popped up and was like, and if you need any help with that, I would be more than willing to help you out. And so um, that's uh, her and my joint production, uh, which whoever said that the two of us needed to produce a show together and be on a microphone together, um, they're a crazy person for that. Um, but it's, it's great because... Again, it's, a, it's, a, it's another show that doesn't take itself seriously. Um, we do obnoxious brunch hats every single Sunday. Like, we expect, like, your Kentucky Derby, like, biggest obnoxious hat. Yes. Um, we drink mimosas until, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we throw a little bit of burlesque show, and it's it's a good time. Like, the food's great. People are great. People show up in their onesie pajamas. Like, it's... Yes. It's a good time. Yeah, I need to go to that one. I... I I have, like I said, I have tickets to the next strip. I need to look, I need to get onto the Naughty Nooner stuff. Yeah, it's, 
it's getting good. And I think now that the weather is going to start to get a little bit better, mm-hmm. uh, people will start to come out to that one because the first uh, not immune are sold out. Uh, and so it's been it's been a ride. It's been a ride. Good. That's exciting. I mean, today you can't tell we have good weather. For those who aren't in Colorado, it's snowing again. Yeah, I know. And it was just like 80 degrees two days ago. Yeah. Uh, we're in May and it's snowing. Welcome to Colorado. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, one of the things um, that really made me think about this was I did the strip show and you were talking about how we literally bonded over talking ghost stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, I need to ask him to be on the podcast. And it, it, it literally just, like, I didn't even think about it until we're I'm backstage and you're introducing me. I was like, shit. Um, but for anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a while, we did, like, Halloween episodes where people wrote in. Um, they weren't as big as the regular episodes. But a lot of those uh, stories come from mr alex here <laughs> yeah quite a bit. like i'm like totally about it um yeah i i've had some shit go down <laughs> so let, let, um, let's start at the beginning what, what is like the earliest paranormal experience you can remember oh man um so it didn't necessarily happen to me but it was within my family okay. uh because it's been something like my grandmother is very, um, she is such like, she like from, from Mexico, like very spiritual, mm-hmm. I will say. Um, and it's very well known amongst our family that she possesses some type of psychic ability of sorts. Okay. Um, and so like when my grandfather passed, she, always mentioned about how she still has coffee with my grandfather every morning. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's cute. And then they're like, my cousins were like, no dude, like she will sit at the table and she will have her cup of coffee and she will talk to him. Then I'm all like, well, grandma's not crazy. Right. And they're like, no, she sees him and she has coffee with him every morning. Um, and so what's creepy about it, right. Cause like she will, she'll get these kind of like intuition bursts and she'll just like call people randomly um, oh. And she called my mom in the middle of the night one night um, asking about my older brother. Um, and my mom was like, he's fine as far as I know of. You know, he's driving home from Alamosa right now as we speak. And mm. um, my grandma was all like, well, I had a dream. She was all like that. I heard knocking on the window and someone was saying, help me, help me. Um, and come to find out, like my, my grandfather back in the day, he would go out clubbing. And my grandma used to get pissed off at him, so she would lock him out of the house. Uh-huh. Um, and he would knock on her window, and he would be like, you know, Maria, help me, help me. And so she would open the window, and there he was, and so she'd go in and unlock the door. Um, but she said that when she opened the window in her dream, it was my brother who was standing there, you know, saying, Grandma, help me, help me. Um, and so my mom was like, well, I'll call him and, and find out. Um, so my mom had called my brother and didn't get an answer. And then he called a couple of hours later. My brother had been in a head on collision on his way from Alamosa back to the Springs, uh, which was like, that's creepy, <laughs> creepy and weird. Um, was he okay? Oh yeah. He's totally fine. Yeah. Oh my this, God. Uh, this was gosh, over 20 years ago, probably. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. I know that drive. I went to school in Alamosa. 
That's yeah. an awful drive at night. <laughs> and it was snowing. Oh, yes. No, awful. Um, and so here's the like other one. That's from a hell um, for that don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, so my stepmother, um, her sister had passed away. Um, she had, uh, I guess, I think she had ice or something. I'm not really sure of the story about what happened. She ended up, like, driving off of a bridge and she passed away. Ooh. I hate to say that nonchalantly like that, but that's... Um, so a lot of weird shit started happening around there um, mm-hmm. when, like, we would hear somebody walking up and down the drive, like, the like on the gravel in front of the house uh, when we would go stay at my dad's house. Um, there was an instance where we heard the dog barking, and so when you go look in the backyard, like, no shit, she was standing on her hind legs, like, her front paws were on somebody. Um, oh. Yeah, and then I guess... There was like a family function where things were getting a little bit heated and my stepmother was arguing with one of her other siblings and they were talking about her um, and about, you know, the way she died and blah, blah, blah. And it got into a pretty heated argument. And then out of nowhere, her picture just like fell off of the mantle. Oh. Um, yeah. So they were like, yeah, she's definitely here. Like um, my dad told me the stories about him um, like shaving in the bathroom and like the door shutting and locking on its own. Um, oh yeah um like was he uh, locked in the bathroom or like yeah. locked? he was oh. like jiggling the handle and couldn't get out and then finally it just released and he was able to get out oh. um, yeah um was that my my other grandfather my mom's father had passed away um and my mom went to el paso to go be with him um in his final moments and we're pretty sure he came back with her um because all of a sudden she would hear footsteps like throughout the house. And uh, I guess it finally stopped when she just kind of like stopped and was like, all right, dad, you can go now. Like, you don't have to be here anymore. I'll be fine. And then as soon as she had that conversation, it all stopped. Aww. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been weird. Like, so for me personally, the ones that happened to me, I think they were the ones that I told you about on the, um, on your stories. Yeah. Uh, in the apartment that I used to live in before the one I'm in now, um, it was just that. It, it, of course, it just happened to only be my room. Like I never really experienced anything in any any other room. Because even when I moved, when I when my roommates moved out and I moved out of that room into the larger room, nothing happened. It was only in that other room. Huh. Um, yeah. And so the one I think that probably scared me the most was uh, I was sleeping, and. I, I heard like the door creak open and I was like, Oh, that's probably my boyfriend, you know, um, probably just coming in to say whatever. Um, and I heard somebody clear as day go, Hey, mister. And then I kind of opened my eyes and I felt literally two hands on my chest and pushed me down into the bed and there was nobody in the room. Like, it, yeah, it was fucking creepy. Um, yeah, that was probably the, like one of the weirdest ones that I was just kind of like, um, something's not right here. Um, and like, I could feel somebody kind of like, it felt like someone was getting on the bed and I thought it was the cat, but it was not uh-huh. like there was literally nobody in there, but me. Um, and then probably like a few months later, we were just kind of like, I'd woken up like in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. My boyfriend's like, I don't want to freak you out. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't like when conversations start like that. That's never um, good to start a conversation. Yeah, he was all like, I woke up in the middle of the night. He's like, and somebody was standing next to the bed watching me sleep. 
he's like, he said it was like a woman in like a dark shroud, like was just like standing next to the bed and just watching me sleep. Um, and I'm like, well, why didn't she say anything? And he said that she didn't have like a really creepy presence, that it, she was a very, a very calming presence. Okay. She was just like hanging out there, like standing there watching me sleep. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Um, what was the Hey Mister one? Was it a, a female voice that said it? No, it was a male voice. Okay. Yeah. That's huh. Kind of yeah. But if seeing a female spirit, do you have any idea who they were, or is there a connection? Um, you know, the only thing that I can think of, um, as far as like the Hey Mister, which it's really weird because like even the um, the the terminology used. Uh, this it started happening after my nephew had passed away um and i thought okay well maybe it was it was probably him like trying to get my attention but he's never called me mister yeah which was interesting but like at my mom's house um like the door to her sunroom would just open by itself randomly um and she always used to yell at him for leaving that door open and so she would close the door and like it just opens on its own and she's like oh there's your nephew um yeah that's the only thing i can think of as far as like the woman i couldn't even tell you. Wow. Yeah. Um, that sounds like some weird La La Corona shit or something. Seriously. That's what I was like. And I was like, oh, man, please don't let that be who that is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even like, uh, so my boyfriend's old apartment before we moved in together, um, there's been like pictures that have fallen off of the wall um, in you- his apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's crying right now. Okay, that's fine. I'm just like, I want to make sure I'm not like missing yeah. like sounds or just as long as it's a cat okay. no, he, he just got home too so she's over there with her daddy okay that's um, fine just as long as i know what that is sorry i didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you um uh, but he uh like some pictures had fallen off of the wall uh and of course like i'm like trying to disprove what's like what's going on and i'm thinking mm-hmm. that maybe it's um like the door to his bathroom like closed and it rattled the wall and yeah. um but the wall that it fell off of was one of the external walls it wasn't an internal wall oh yeah, so I'm like, there's just, like, no way, like, that just would have, like, fallen off of the wall. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he lived there by himself, and when we moved him out of that apartment, um, we found, like, a little matchbox car oh. on the floor. And I'm all like, was this someone's? And he was like, nobody has been here. Like, literally nobody has been here. And we've swept the floor in that apartment so many times, and this car just shut up out of nowhere. Oh. So... We were like, well, it must be some like mischievous little kid ghost or whatever, like knocking pictures off of the walls or. Interesting. Yeah. Was it like, uh, was there like a certain pictures, a certain person's picture that would fall off the wall or just like any picture that was in that spot? So it was basically any picture. Okay. Um, Cause like the first time, the first, well, the first time that it happened, we were kind of like freaked out a little bit, but we kind of played that off on, um, it was a picture that was hanging above like a chair. Uh, and we thought obviously, well, the cat probably was like trying to bat a moth or something and she hit the picture and that picture fell. Um, so we were just like that, that one makes sense. And then the second one just literally just like fell right off the wall. Like nothing had bothered it. There was no wind, nothing. It just fell off the wall. Huh? Huh? Yeah. And luckily, I mean, nothing has really happened in this apartment good <laughs> um, but i will say what's been pretty cool so uh, like i said we, i saw you at the the oddities expo or I, I missed you at the oddities expo yes 
Um, and I went to the metaphysical fair that was there a few months ago. Um, and was like, oh, you know, I'll get like a, I'll get a medium reading. You know, I've heard about them. Let's like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I remember there was two ladies who were sit, who were sitting next to each other. And one lady did not have a weight and the other one did have a weight. Um, and I was like, no, I was like, I think I'm going to wait for this lady. Something's telling me that she's the one that I want to talk to. Um, and she basically gave me messages from my nephew who had passed away, um, which I thought, again, like skeptic me. I was all like, eh, I've seen the TV shows. I know how this is going. Um, but a lot of the stuff that she said was just way too specific. Um, like she knew he had cancer. Um, she knew the cancer was in his shoulder. Um, she knew he was a baseball player. Um, like all like she knew that me and both of my brothers were with my nephew when he passed and she knew exactly where we were standing in the room when, when it happened. Wow. Um, yeah. Cause she was saying, she was saying, he's telling me that he knows that he wasn't alone. She was like, and he keeps drawing me a triangle like this. That there was one person on each side and one person who was down by the foot of the bed. And that's where both of like, I was down at the foot of the bed and my brothers were on either side of him. Oh. Yeah. Like it was just, I said, it's just way too specific. Yeah. To, yeah. I was just kind of like, oh Lord. Um, of course I got like a blubbering mess. Like I was like sobbing oh. <laughs> in front of all these people. Uh, how old was your nephew? If I can ask. Um, yeah, he was 23. Okay. Yeah, 22, 23. Uh, too young. How sad. Oh, yeah. Cause I was going to ask if the little car was his, but probably not a little bit older. No, nah, he was still alive when we found that. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. And I assume you went and told, like, the nephew's messages to family and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I told um, one of my brothers, and he just got, like, really quiet. He, like, I, like he shows, like, zero emotions. Uh, he just got, like, really, really quiet. He was like, huh, okay. Um, and then I told my mom, and my mom started crying. Um, and then I told my oldest brother, who's my nephew's dad, uh, I told him, and he was just kind of like, well, you know, those people, you know, they can, like, he's a very big skeptic. And I was all like, but this is the exact things that she told me. <laughs> like, there's no way that... She could have known that, but there's absolutely no way. Wow. Which, interestingly enough, was that because um, the medium had told me she was like, "Yeah, you know, like he told me to tell you that um, he sent an angel um, to be with you guys." And I was like, "Okay." Interestingly enough, um, and so my nephew had passed away in February, um, 2019, and. March 2019, my brother and his wife found out that they were expecting. Um, and uh, I don't know if you know the term, but uh, my niece is a rainbow baby. Um, so my my brother, yeah, my brother and his wife had had um, two miscarriages prior, um, and basically were told that parenthood was not in the cards for them and it was never going to happen. Um, and like a month after my nephew passed away, they found out that they were expecting. And now my niece is here and she's a year and coming up about a year and four months now. Uh -huh. um, and so my brother was like, I bet you that's the angel that they were talking about was that he sent her to us. 
Oh. So I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's weird now because she, it's so strange because like she will walk, like, because she's walking now. She walks around my mom's house and uh-huh. she, she has pictures of my nephew everywhere. And she'll just stop and she'll look at the picture and she'll smile and she'll wave at him and she'll go, hi. And then just go on about her way. Like she knows him. Whoa. Yeah. Does she do that for any other pictures or just his? Just his. Like she oh, points and she points at people now. Like she'll point at my, my brother and she'll be like, dada. And then she'll point at my mom and she'll be like, mama. And then she looks at my nephew and she goes, hi. Wow. Yeah. Oh, she's seeing something. Probably. She's probably met him before. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God. I had no idea how sweet this was, because I, uh, how this was going to go, because, like, uh, some of the things we talked about with your old apartment was, like, getting scratched and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that was the, um, I don't, I don't know if I sent you the picture. I'll have to see if I can find it again, um, and, I, and I can send it to you. But there was, um, it was in the house that I used to live in um, before this last apartment. It was the house that I lived in. Oh, this um, is a different place. Oh, yeah, totally different place. Oh, um, oh okay. Like, even to the point where uh, people would come over and, like, they would stand on the landing and they would immediately come upstairs and they refused to go downstairs because they were like, it just has some really bad energy down there. Oh. Um, and I woke up one morning because um, my room was upstairs and I woke up one morning and I was like, why am I aching so much? And like I lifted up my shirt to see where like where it was aching, and I had three scratches like in the shape of kind of like a triangle, um, on my hip. And I was like, did I scratch myself? Like, but like, why would I scratch myself in like a, a specific pattern? Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was it was different. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any more experiences there other than just like creepy feelings and? Um, no, because uh, my. My parents are very Catholic as well, so as soon as that <laughs> happened, I called them and they came over and they blessed the house. Like they did holy water in every room, and, and so now every time I move, like that's the first order of business is I have my parents come and they like we say prayers around the house and they bless the house everywhere. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, that's that's old school Catholic. Like, there, I'm not superstitious by any means, but when it comes to this kind of stuff, I don't play around. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, wow, I'm like I didn't because like I said I, with the scratches I didn't think it was gonna be like I thought it was gonna be creepy and it ended up being a really sweet podcast. Oh my god! Um, well, that's like I don't know. Like, I'm such like a weird believer and stuff like that. Where I'm also in the mind space of you know if you don't bother them they're not gonna bother you. Um, like they're lost a lot of the times they don't even know that you know that they're gone and. You know, they're trying to get people's attention and why be scared of it? Like, why can, like, if you can help them in some way or another, you know, then why not do it? You know, and if it's somebody that you know in your heart of heart, like if it's, we know it's my nephew, Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, embrace those signs. It's like that he's still with us and, you know, and he's showing us signs that he's here. He's not doing anything to be malicious or anything. He's a prankster, so... That's different. Mischievous and malicious are different. Yeah. Like, I haven't had, like, things thrown at me. Knock on (laughs) wood. But say that. (laughs) I say that now, right? When something just flies during this podcast and hits me in the face. Um, Just as long as we're recording, I'm okay. (laughs) Right? As long as we catch it. Yeah. Uh, Just wow. 
sir. Uh, just, yeah, damn. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say. And um, thank you for being on. <laughs> thank Thanks for having me. I, 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 I'm always so excited to see you, and I can't wait to see you at the next show. Uh, when are the next shows? So people can definitely look up tickets. and Well, they um, can't get tickets to Stripped anymore. But. Uh, May 15th, and oddly enough, um, because restrictions have gotten um, eased up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, we did do some rearranging in the venue. We've added some more tables, so there is uh, there are more seats available if people do want to go. Nice. Uh, that is May 15th, so a week from this Saturday. Okay. Um, and then the next Naughty Nooner is going to be on the 23rd of May. So essentially it's every third Saturday and every fourth Sunday. Perfect. That's not Mother. No, Mother's Day is the weekend before. Mother's Day is this Sunday on the 9th. I should probably go shopping. Um <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, sir. I can't wait to see you on the 15th. Uh, if you have any more experiences come up, let me know. Oh, for sure. I, I'll, you'll be the first person that I call. Yes. I, I will have you on the podcast again. We're, we're trying to get together a, a, a small uh, ghost hunt of the MAC again because my brother bought me a ghost box for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, and the um, the young lady that I was talking to when you saw me at the Oddities Festival, um, I was at their at their table, um, and she's I guess they are a paranormal research group, um, and she told me that sometimes they open their investigations to the public. What? Who is this? I just saw you talking to Ember and Gabriel from A Little Alchemy. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, not, the, not those ones. Um, they were down at the very end. Um, like they had like a TV set up that had like different like camera views and stuff on it. Um, I completely missed this. I know their, their medium's name was Monica. Um, I have their card somewhere. Do I have it? Is it in my wallet? Let me look. Oh, look at that. I do. Um, Colorado paranormal seekers is what they're called. Okay. Um, check us out at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Par- or Colorado Paranormal Seekers at gmail.com. Look at them. They got some free promotion from me. Nice. <laughs> I should be able to go on a ghost hunt with them now. You should, yeah. Look at all this, because I want to go look that up, because I want to get more uh, paranormal investigators on the show and, like, ask questions like, what's your scariest experience? You know. Right, for sure. Let me know, because I will totally go. Perfect. Yeah, I'll let you know. Thank you for letting this, let me figure this one out. I'm going to find more people for the podcast. Always good. Uh, I know you're busy, but thank you so much for letting me steal a little bit of your time. And Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much, sir. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye. to Alex for being on the show today. You can find reservations for the show, the stripped show, at www.clubqonline.com. 
because of the restrictions being lifted a bit. It sounds like there's more seats available, but you're going to want to get on that fast because they go really freaking fast. If you want to go, it's going to be a freaking awesome show. We will be there in the audience supporting our friends. You can also find Mr. Valdez on Instagram at BDEZ83 and on TikTok at I am Mr. Valdez, all one word. Speaking of TikTok, there is now a My Haunted Life TikTok. If you're in the Facebook group, I have a tendency to share some of my goofy freaking videos on there. Uh, not all of them, because some of them are just not fit for outside of TikTok. I have fun with it. But uh, there's behind the scenes videos, me talking to ghost shows as I work in the shop, uh, ghost stories, clips from different adventures, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm having fun with it, actually. So if you are on TikTok, please follow. If you have a ghost story to share, don't forget to drop me a line at myhauntedlifepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please subscribe to the Patreon page. Podcasting is surprisingly time-consuming with all of the research, tech issues, and scheduling. Just all of it. It adds up. I would love for the podcast to one day pay for itself. Um, and I definitely want to keep it going for sure. So you can support the show for as little as $2 a month. So that actually helps. So go check out the Patreon page. And that's it for this show. I'll see you next week on my Haunted Life podcast. Bye!